You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I almost died in my driveway yesterday. Okay, it's not a good start to the show. Yeah, well, I almost died in my driveway Go on. So we, we have this house. We've had it for 17 years. We have this old garage that's at the end of the driveway that basically you come off the street. You drive all the way next to the house into the backyard, basically, where the garage is. Yeah, it's, the, it's the called garages. a detached garage. People know what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a shack of a garage. It's probably the original one on the property. Decades upon decades upon decades old. Survived Everything is, the Great Chicago Fire. Yeah. It's just yeah. an old rickety wood garage. And I always tell the kids, I'll open up the big garage door because one of these days it's going to fall on someone. Well, it fell. <laughs> okay, so one of these days showed up. Huh? <laughs> one of these days showed up. And it showed up in spectacular fashion as I was going to close it. It ripped like the actual rail that holds it up when it's open. Ripped from the wooden beams above it. All the rollers came out of the beam, and the door just crashed down. And the only thing that saved me as I fell to my butt, and it didn't land on top of me, was that the garage is so dirty, it landed on the junk that was taller than my head at the moment that it fell. Otherwise, oh, I good. was done for. Otherwise, <laughs> oh, the kids man. come home from school, they find da- Dad dead. He kept saying it was going to happen. I guess it finally did, and now he's dead. Now, here's the reason I bring this up. I was supposed to plug... One of the guys on Southside Pod, his daughter is in the Girl Scouts. And he was like, can you please plug her thing on the show? Because he appears on the show. And I was like, yeah, sure. But I spent all day yesterday boarding up the garage and dealing with the mess. I rushed the Southside Pod episode. It's also on the broadcast basement on the main radio network and forgot to plug his daughter's Girl Scout troop. He is not understanding in any way. I've been made to feel guilty all day about it. So after I, I almost died, I, I know how that goes with a garage so. door landing on me. I now must plug this Girl Scout troop. So if you're going to be in the Marionette Park neighborhood, I would have never done this on Socks in the Basement, but I owe him now. So now I'm putting it on this show instead. If you're going to be in Marionette Park or the area around it, Sunday, this Sunday the 19th, local Daisy Girl Scout troop 26249 uh, is selling cookies in the Jewel parking lot. From 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. or until they sell out. And I want every Saks in the Basement listener to go out and buy those cookies. Thin Mints, whatever else they sell. That's all I ever get is the Thin Mints. Go out and buy all the cookies from this troop. Let them go home early because, God forbid, I forget to plug the troop on the other podcast because a door almost squished me in my driveway. Go buy the cookies and tell them Chris's garage door sent you? Yeah, that's go buy the cookies. <laughs> tell them Chris Laduti's garage door sent you, okay? I mean, it's a good cause, uh, and, and it's good for oh, the yeah. girls. They learn all kinds of skills about how to sell things and manage money and interact with people, and it supports their cause. So the Marionette Park Jewel this Sunday, all right? If you're on the south side, go take care of their Girl Scout cookies. Go buy as many of them as you can. Sell, you know, get them sold out as quickly as possible, and and I won't feel guilty anymore that I forgot to plug it on the other podcast because a door, a door, a giant garage door fell from the sky and almost killed me yesterday. You know, and and the thing is, in the middle of all of that, I was still keeping track of the first day of pitchers and catchers reporting. Well, see, you've got your priorities straight. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, I and I'm I'm sitting here thinking that a garage door falling on my head would be better than watching Yoan Moncada take batting practice. Well, so. you know, he's he's an early candidate for best shape of his life. He told J- oh, do tell. He told James Fegan from the Athletic that uh, he may have rushed himself into the season last year after his oblique injury, and maybe that contributed to how poorly he played. You know, I, I, whatever excuse you can come up with for being bad at baseball last year, and then bad at baseball the year before, and bad at baseball the year before that. Prove it. Okay, I mean, he says he's excited about playing for Cuba in the World Baseball Classic. I want him to be good. I was I was talking to dad the other day on the phone and we're chit chatting about like, you know, the White Sox. And he's like, what do you think about this? And he brings up Moncada. And I'm like, you know, I want that guy. Imagine if you could just hit 265 and like, you know, 15 bombs and play good defense. I would take it right now from him that I would take that right now. Okay, so I, I just I just hope for something from him. But right now, early candidate, best shape of his life. And then uh, we have uh, Dylan C showing up with his mustache. So all is well there. And then we have the Mike Clevenger mess. And right. And I'm not going to talk about it very much here on this show, but I am going to point out the one thing that stuck out to me. And by the way, this episode and every episode of Socks in the Basement brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park. Southside tradition. Get there before the game. Get there after the game. Bring the kiddos over. Get good food. Award-winning menu. Uh, they're right there at 33rd in Princeton. And and I like to make that part of my ballpark experience because I know I'm going to eat well and not spend as much money as I would if I were inside the ballpark. And it's a great place to hang out with fans, talk baseball, pre- and post-game. It's right there in the shadow of the ballpark at 33rd and Princeton, the home of the podcast for fans, by fans, socks in the basement. What I took from the Clevenger little presser that he did, where he's standing around and he's talking to the different reporters, a little scrum, whatever it is, after his first day of camp, was that he was very adamant that he didn't do anything wrong. He loves his kids. And when all the evidence is out, you will see he's not a bad guy and he's he's moving forward with the team. But the thing that was most telling to me was when he was asked, did you ever think about telling the White Sox, which, of course, he's not going to do. It's part of the CBA. This is the, the CBA restricts the teams from finding out about the investigation. They could have found out other things about him with a regular investigation, but whatever. The CBA restricts that. His response was, well, it was seven months old. And I thought it was over already. When you were talking to the White Sox, did you consider it all disclosing to them that you were under investigation? Uh, this was going on for seven months. I didn't even know it was, still, it was still going on, to be honest. Now, after he gives that response, it was almost as if there was this, oh, crap moment. I said too much. And every other time somebody asked him something, he goes, can we just talk baseball questions? Like, it was like a switch went off. And he's like, you know, I've been advised not to talk anymore about this. Because he did that one thing, he said that one little thing. And the more I think about it, the more I believe that either A, he's innocent, B, he believes he's innocent, but he's not, but he believes it, or C, he knows that there's nothing that's going to come of this because there's not enough evidence. And he may have even had it communicated to him already, eh, things are probably going to fall in your favor. Mike Clevenger believes in his heart. He's playing for the White Sox all year. And after that response... I kind of believe it, too. He's playing for this team all year. He may get a minor suspension, but at least the way that he came off, I think Mike Clevenger believes he's playing for this team all year. I don't think there's any other takeaway you can make off of that or the fact that as he's reporting, it's he's in the rotation, he's here, he's going to be working out, and the, the team is proceeding as though he's going to start the season in the rotation and, and be there the entire year. Yeah, and, and I don't know what to take from 
him saying that, you know, after seven months, he thought it had gone away or, or, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to even. It doesn't sound like a guy who's stressed about it though, right? No, it really doesn't. And, and, and that's the, that's the only thing. Like, that's what I took from him. Here's a guy who was like, well, I kind of figured it was over by now. Like e- either he's naive, he's, he, he, he's convinced himself that he didn't do anything bad or he, there's actually another side of the story, but whatever it is, whatever it is, he's pretty confident in himself. That's what I took from that. Right. And that's the thing is I don't think I don't think you can read into what the outcome is going to be based on that. All you can say is Mike Clevenger did not view this as an issue when he signed the contract. Mike Clevenger did not view this as an issue going into this season. Mike Clevenger doesn't view this as an issue right now. And the team is going to act and Mike Clevenger is going to act as though he's a part of the rotation. So you can make up your own mind. The fact is, is that he's going to be on the mound. He's going to be on the mound, and they're not going to release him. They're not going to release no, they're him. They're not, not going to eat twelve million dollars. I don't. I think. I think if he takes anything, just based on the way, like his demeanor, and listening to Pedro talk about their plans for him, and 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 listening to Rick Hahn even with his comments, this is a group that I think doesn't feel like a year-long suspension's coming or massive time for Mike Clevenger. That whatever it's going to be, he will continue on the mound. You may hate that. You may not be be happy with the fact that he's there. You may be furious that I'm telling you. But I don't think the White Sox are releasing the guy when the investigation's over. I don't think they're eating the money by moving him off the team. And I think the guy's playing for you. That's that's kind of like I look at it from just a baseball viewpoint when we sit around and we look at the team and what it's going to be constructed as. And I feel like based upon just listening to them talk. No matter what your feelings about Mike Clevenger are, no matter what you would do if you own the team when you were finally allowed to do something, I think the guy staying on the team and pitching for, if not the entire year, a great amount of the year after whatever comes down. That, that's kind of what I took from it. And this can't be lip service to set it up for a trade or something like that. Like, oh, we'd be perfectly happy with him because if if the White Sox really don't want him, then nobody else is going to trade anything of any value for him. So it, it, it is it is the Sox saying, we signed this guy, we understand that this comes up now, but... He's a one-year deal. You know, nothing's changed. He's a one-year deal. The way that thing is written, he's likely just one year, uh, $8 million this year and four that you tack on the next year on the bottom line. That That's likely what he is. And again, I think the guy I think the guy's playing baseball for the White Sox. You can be upset about it, you can hate the fact that I say that, but I'm telling you, I think the guy's playing baseball for the White Sox. He's going to be out there every every fifth game on the mound and and he does not look like he's worried at all and that was I think the most telling thing of what I took from his comments you know there's no reason to get in we've already talked about what we think about him right I've already said if it walks like a duck it quacks like a duck it's probably a duck right I've also expounded on the fact that Ed's got experience being an attorney and I've got experience 10 years working for the sheriff's police and taking 911 calls and domestics and watching how all these things play out that we have we have a, an interesting kind of view of this where we're like most likely but it's all about like what they're going to be able to prove and what they're going to be able to find in their investigation and the fact that the union is involved and he has his own representation that guy's pretty confident that guy's confident he's playing OK, and that's what I kind of take out of it, because I look at it as, well, who's who's pitching in their fifth spot? It's Mike Clevenger. You know, I mean, they may figure out who's there in case he gets suspended for a portion of the season. But I think the idea that he's not going to play for the team that kind of got swept away from me at this point. I, I'd be more surprised now if he wasn't on the team all year long. 
after after what I saw in the comments on Wednesday and what I read when I went over it again and listened to it and everything like that. Well, yeah, and also the White Sox don't care what the fans think about Mike Clevenger because they kind of don't really care what the fans think about most things. So why start now? (laughs) They don't care about anything you think. They're the White Sox for crying out loud. And for exterior windows, doors, patio doors, storm doors, all of that, window and door superstore of Oak Forest. There's no high pressure sales. I think that's the thing I like most about them, right? Nobody's showing up with like a tiny little example of a window with a handle on it, sitting in your living room and refusing to leave until you sign a contract. Not at all. They're not there. You're at their place in their big giant showroom. Full examples, the glass design's already on display. You're not flipping through pictures in a book. You're seeing it in person. If I'm going out and I'm buying a window, buying a door, doing something that's adding on to my house, I want to start at Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest. They have the uh, examples right on site. You can see everything right in front of you. They're not contracting it out. You know they're going to be responsible for the work. They have somebody from ownership showing up at every single job. They've been around for 40 years in Oak Forest since 1985. Every job is custom made, no stock items. That way it's a perfect fit dealing with all major brands. So stop in and see them. Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest at 6280. 159th Street, north side of the street, a half block east of Ridgeland and 159th. Did you see Rick Hahn talk about, or did you hear about Rick Hahn talk about the second base battle on day one? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I found it really, I found it stunning that you, I think everybody's assuming there's a battle for second base. And it was as if he named his favorite as GM, like right away. When he when when he when he got in front of the press, uh, I think it was the Athletics James Vegan who had this, and he says, "Here's the quote about the uh, the second base job from Han. There's been nothing but raves about Romy Gonzalez this offseason from those coaches who have worked with him. We even had a player that went down and worked with him and came back and came into my office in the offseason and said, don't you dare trade that guy.' You know." Lenin Sosa is a pretty good ball player, but th- it sounds like Romy Gonzalez is the second baseman, doesn't it? Is it too early for us to assume that? No, it's never too early to assume anything, anything. But yeah, that's it, that is such a Rick Hahn move. The, let me let me drive the hype train, okay? Let me drive the hype train on this one player and tell you that this guy is going to be the guy, and this is what we're gonna and. And then, yeah, and then Lenin Sosa, will he get even a fair shake at this, right? And that, that becomes a question is, is this going to be a situation where the mind is made up going into the, the games, going into the workouts, that Romy Gonzalez has the job? I don't mind him being the front runner coming into it, and I don't mind them sitting there saying, look, we think that this is the guy we'd prefer, because that's fine. That's scouting. That's your internal evaluation of the player. May have something to do with him being – having spent more time in the majors already, but I have, they anointed him. That's all. What I, what I always worry about with Rick Hahn is, is that he's basically said Sosa doesn't have a chance. It, it, the only way he's getting on this team is if Romy completely just flops in spring training or more likely if, if he gets hurt. So look at the two guys though, side by side. I mean, he, and, and also keep in mind that every time we've had somebody on, like uh, I'll pull one out of a hat. James Fox from future Sox comes on. This is what he does. He looks at minor league ball players, especially the white Sox, And he tells you that Sosa's the better guy, but 
look at their baseball card over the last couple of years. It's 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 stark. If I had to put money down on which one's going to end up being the better player, I would put it down on Sosa. That's why it's so strange to me that that he said that about Gonzalez. If you look at if you look at Sosa and and Gonzalez side by side, let's look at Gonzalez first. In 2021, he's hitting 267 in 78 games in Double A with a 502 slugging and an 856 OPS. He hits 20 home runs. Okay, that's good. It's Double A. He gets the Triple A. He gets a couple of games and he's on fire. When he plays Triple A though. The next season in 22, he gets 135 at-bats in AAA, and then he also has his time in the majors. He hits 198 in Charlotte with a 620 OPS. While he's in Chicago, over 109 at-bats, he hits 238 with a 609 OPS. So when he got up to AAA, he didn't show anything that said he was ready to be able to get up there and hit major league pitching. And then when he gets to the majors, he didn't show it either. Meanwhile, when I look at Sosa and I look at his year last year, double A, 289 plate appearances. He hits 331 with a 933 OPS and 14 home runs. And then he goes to triple A for 247 plate appearances. He hits 297 with an 821 OPS and 12 home runs over those 57 games. When I when I see him side by side, you have a very hard time convincing me that, that Sosa isn't the guy. Like Sosa seems like he's the guy. He's the guy that gets to every level and he starts off slow and then he figures it out and he performs. And and so like to me, when I look at the back of the baseball cards, I don't understand being so excited about Romy when when Sosa looks like the guy that at every level excels and Romy never figured it out really in AAA and didn't do anything last year in the majors. It made me sit there and say, oh, yeah, that guy's a starter. Bar none. Just put his name down there. Right. Etch it in stone. That, that that was why the comment was so surprising to me. Well, and you're right, of course, and 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 it's you know looking at looking at these guys side by side, I I don't understand. Look, I don't understand what Romy Gonzalez brings to the table. I understand he he's got some capability to to be a utility guy, but you know looking at his his career in the minors, it's just unimpressive. All the way around, his minors career, four seasons, 286 games, 1,186 plate appearances. So this is a good sample size for Romy Gonzalez overall across all levels. A 795 OPS isn't bad. A 258 batting average isn't necessarily good for a guy that's only hit 46 home runs over that time period. So he's not a three true outcomes kind of a guy where you can put up with a low batting average because he's going to hit all these bombs. Fact is, is that he's just kind of a guy when it comes to being at the plate. It's just, he's not particularly good at any one thing. He doesn't have a big stolen base skill. He's got 50 steals in that time period. So he can run a little bit, but not a lot. And the biggest problem, and I know I hit this with Oscar Colas, you know, we we're talking about him earlier in the offseason, but in the minors, Romy Gonzalez struck out 28% of the time. That's not a good number. By comparison, Sosa, who, again, OPS is a little bit lower. It's 740, but still pretty respectable. Walks a little bit more than, than Romy's walked. Only strikes out 17% of the time. So this is a guy that's going to get on base. This is a guy that's going to make contact. This is a guy that's going to be a harder out. And if all you're doing is saying that Romy's got a little bit more power over that time period or something like that, then I would say stop and consider that Lennon Sosa has hit 47 home runs in the minors to Romy's 46 
Just look at their AAA time. One of them figured it out, and the other one, I mean, I know he dealt with some injuries, right? And I know that they're, they're, they are they're like him, obviously. They like Gonzalez. But, you know, one of them has something that you can put down on a resume and be like, look at this. I got here, played good defense. You know, I, I, I hit bombs. I hit for high average. I did this. I did it the same thing in AA, and then I went and I did it in AAA. And you got the other guy going, well, you know, we think he can do this, but I haven't seen it yet, right? Don't we have enough guys with big question marks? Like, I, I would expect that a guy like Sosa, just like he did at every other level in his first, like, you know, maybe 30, 40 games, is going to have his growing pains, and then the light goes on. It did that at every level. So, to me... That's the guy that I'd be leaning towards. Maybe the White Sox, though, are in such a hurry that they're like, we don't have time to wait for him to adjust. Like they some, they, they saw something last year and they're like, well, we don't think he's going to adjust in that very short sample size. But it, it just seems short-sighted. It seems weird to me to make the comment about the second base race as if it's almost like decided, you know, to throw your support behind one guy when I, I would hope that it's going to be an open competition. That, that, that's the one thing that makes sense in spring training for an open competition. Oscar Colas should just be the, the right fielder. He should just be thrown out there. It, it, what are you going to learn about him in, in spring training that's going to tell you anything different about the guy? Go put him out in right field. That's the plan. But with the second baseman, I mean, I really am. I was really taken aback by the idea of, uh, look at Romy. Unless the plan is to tell you, look at Romy, look how good he's doing, and Sosa's doing really well, and I guess we're going to have to get rid of poor Lurie, which I don't think they'll ever well, do. They're never going to do that. hold your breath there. <laughs> Socks in the basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. I want to read some of the responses from listeners after on the last program I said I would give away the 10 or 12 foot banner that was out in front of Cork and Carry at the park last year. Right. Because there's a new one up there now, an updated one, a big, beautiful banner still sitting in front of the home of the podcast for fans by fans over at 33rd and Princeton at the Cork. And, and I have this other one. Now, it did sit outside for an entire season last year. It was up. It was up throughout the entire season, and I took it down right after New Year's to replace it with the with the new banner for the new year. So it has been outside. It's in pretty good shape, but it's not pristine. I mean, it, it really will look good, I think, if somebody hangs it up. But we got a huge response from people who want this banner. I, I, I got a kick out of the whole thing. So rather than have a guest this week, the guest is going to be the listeners in these things. So this is all brought to you by the Village of Lamont. Okay, they normally sponsor the guest, but the guest is going to be all the listeners who wrote in about the banner because I want to I want to share this with you. 
Want to experience a downtown with real history? Great eats and drinks and green spaces filled with adventure. Visit the Village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, explore. There's a wedding expo going on on Sunday. Learn about that and everything else going on in Lamont at LamontDowntown.com. Okay, so I think I mentioned that I wanted people to hang this up and send me a picture of where they end up putting it. I think that's one of the things that I said that I, I, would, I would want. This one's great. Uh, this one's from Sean. Just listen to the most recent podcast. I would like to ask for the banner. First, I would hang it in my living room. <laughs> okay. Wait, it gets better. And I will send a picture of my irritated wife next to it. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. I love it. Second, as a northern Indiana transplant living near Cincinnati. So I'm going to have to ship this thing if this guy ends up getting it. Or are you just going to have to take a nice long drive, one of the two? I don't make it to Comiskey. Yes, I still call it Comiskey. But when I do, I go to Cork and Carry. See, here's a guy. He knows. Okay, he there you go. It's yeah. the sponsor right there, okay? Third, as a father of two boys, afraid that I have already lost the 17-year-old to cross country, I want my five-year-old to be a Sox fan for life. I don't understand how cross country would take your your 17-year-old away from being a White Sox fan, but that's how it reads here, okay? Uh and the in since he's been 3, his 5-year-old sings the Sox in the basement tune in the car. This is a very compelling like pitch. This for is him. a very compelling right. one. Yeah, I'm Yeah. Uh, I have Joe here. Joe says that he would like the banner and it would be made of reasonably tough material and he's looking for something big like that for when he works on his bikes in his bike shop. No, I don't want. I want the. I want the banner to have a good home. You understand? Like I appreciate yeah, you know, that you listen. We don't want it to be a mat for an oil change. Yeah, but I. That doesn't. It doesn't feel good to me to have to do that. You know? No. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, I got one guy in here. Uh, Matthew wants the banner to uh, build. Uh, he's building a game room in the basement for his boys, and he wants to make it the centerpiece. I, that that's a solid reason to, that's that's pretty solid right solid there. reason yeah, to have okay. the banner okay i i can i can get behind that dean uh he's a teacher in blue island one of the poorest districts in illinois i love how he threw that in i'm poor please give me the banner right yeah <laughs> tugging at the heartstrings right now tugged at the heartstrings right yes. and he would love to hang it in his classroom with the with the uh, with the poor the poor district uh, in blue island uh school district 130 he wants to put it in his classroom uh, to ward off any of his students uh, being Cub fans, he thinks this this will this will this is like his signal to stop kids from rooting for the Cubs by putting this giant socks in the basement banner up inside. It may also the prevent unwanted drafts coming through the classroom. <laughs> I I'm kind of right. wondering if this is going to be replacing a, a load bearing wall in the school. I know. Then he tells me, but he also goes in to say that in the off season for school, so the summertime, he will move it into his house during sock season to put uh, in his man cave and upset his wife who will likely look at it with a scornful scolding eye of disappointment for having such a large banner in the house. <laughs> scornful scolding eye of disappointment. This is how he writes I, it. It sounds like my wedding vows. The theme seems to be, I want to hang this in my house and tick off my wife. <laughs> like, those seems actually, to be the Actually, one. the theme is, it's for the children. For the children. But the wives are going to hate it. The wives are going to hate it. I would have loved it yes. if I would have gotten like a wife who said, I'm getting this and I'm putting it up because it would drive my husband nuts. Wouldn't that have been amazing? But no. Uh, that would have been great. No, but that's the the way it's written basically. So, you know, look, I'm going to keep this open for another week. Again, I'm 
I'm not selling it. We'll draw a name at some point next week and we'll give away the big giant banner. If you want in on the Socks in the Basement Cork and Carry at the Park banner from the 2022 season, you can hit us up in any of the uh, direct messages, the DMs, if you will, on any of the social media accounts. You can just uh, you know write us something through the socials, or or you can go to SocksInBasement.com. You can leave a voice message, or you can uh, type into the comments thing and send us a message. And I, I I will select from the group at some point next week, and we'll announce the winner. And then I want to see a picture. That's the main thing. Once you put it up, I want to know what it looks like. I want to know family reaction or in the case of the the Blue Island teacher, what the students think of it. I want to know whether or not the principal yells at him. I want I need a follow up for what happens to the banner when the banner is given away. What other used things around here can we raffle off? Don't look at me. I I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm used, but I don't think you can raffle me. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.